Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, I'm honored to have Jessica Fulis on the podcast. Welcome, Jessica. Good morning. Jessica is VP of Customer Experience at Demandbase, and according to the latest Forrester Wave, they are the leading account-based marketing platform. What we're going to talk about is how salespeople can implement and support account-based everything, I guess, account-based marketing, account-based sales motions in order to increase their win rates and be just more successful, obviously. Before we do that, I always like to get to know our guests by asking them about what they like to read. Jessica, I'd love to hear from you, your favorite sales or marketing or fiction or whatever you like book of all time and why that was so important to you. When I was in grad school, I read the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. And even though it's, you know, God, probably two and a half to three decades old now, there's so many concepts in that book that really still come to bear at companies large and small. It was definitely meant to be, I think it came out kind of around the dot-com era. You know, you've got these exuberant founders that can get a company to a certain stage, but then post that you need to switch up the leadership because they need to have new perspective and they need to be able to scale the company and, and those sorts of things. But there's all sorts of concepts in there around, you know, the flywheel principle, like it takes time to get things going, but once you've got the right thing going, like it just takes off and, you know, not to make a cheesy segue, but just like account-based marketing, it does take some time to get off the ground, getting the marketing and sales team, both in that ABM motion. But once it gets rolling, it kind of takes on a mind of its own, which is great. I would love to hear some of the approaches that you've taken that have both succeeded and failed. I think you learn as much from both. So what's something you've kind of learned and evolved in how you actually execute ABM at Demandbase? You know, a lot of terms are out there. And I think we did do ourselves a disservice terming it account-based marketing, right? Because marketing cannot do ABM without their sales counterparts. Product is involved in there as well, but sales and marketing are really the two that need to be in lockstep. You know, I've gone in and talked to companies where they're like, I know what we're going to do. We're just going to do account-based marketing and sales is going to love it. Well, guess what? If marketing is marketing to a different target account list than sales is selling to, your ABM strategy is not going to work. So, you know, the sales and marketing teams need to be an absolute lockstep when it comes to ABM. And that's scary for a lot of marketers. When I started out my career in marketing, like marketing and sales really didn't talk to each other. You know, we'd come back from trade shows and we would throw a spreadsheet over to the sales team and say, hey, just go nuts, go follow up on all these leads. And we'd come back a week later and they'd only followed up on, you know, 10% of the leads. And we were like, what is going on here? So we got really smart and we put SLAs on the sales team and said, well, you have to follow up on all the leads inside of 48 hours. I mean, that's just one example of bad behavior between sales and marketing. And no wonder there was bad blood. And so you have to overcome that. And there's a lot of organizations that I've worked with that that was the biggest hurdle to get past. Once they were able to get sales on board, that marketing wasn't going to screw up their deals and that, you know, marketing was actually going to be a help to them. Then, you know, the ABM took off from there. At Demandbase, what's your advice to your own salespeople to embrace that relationship? I'm curious what you're doing to make that happen. I've been at Demandbase since the inception of our ABM strategy. There was a lot of learnings along the way. But, you know, when working with our sales team, 
out of the gates, 50% of them got it, right? Like they had come to demand-based because of account-based marketing, so they got it. But old habits are hard to break, right? So, you know, we sat down with each and every sales rep Now, at the time, we only had eight salespeople, so that wasn't too hard. But me and our head of sales development, we sat down with each and every sales rep and went through the target account list that we had developed based on data, right? And then we sat down with them and said, okay, what do you think? And we gave them the voice to say, okay, I love 80% of this list. But 20% of this list is crap and here's why. And here's, you know, the accounts that I would add based on my experience to this list. And so, you know, allowing for that back and forth between sales and marketing. And so my advice for your question is sales just really needs to lean into the whole process. And sure, it's a little bit of extra time to make sure that they're informing marketing about the accounts that they want to follow up on, but also taking a chance on those accounts that marketing is bringing to them. But they just really need to lean in on it because if they don't participate, then they're not going to see the benefits of an ABM strategy. We did an exercise recently where, I mean, very much on this point where we called it a role clarity exercise, which is often done at the individual person level within a team. In this case, we actually did at the team level. So we took sales, marketing, enablement, finance, business systems, and customer success. And then we put that up against a RACI matrix. If people are not familiar with RACI, it's uh, responsible, approver, support, consulted, and informed. So it's kind of what role those people play in often a project. We lay that out and you always get worried when two people, you know, two departments feel responsible for the exact same thing. And the one we got to, which relates to this was account scoring in particular. Where do you guys land on who actually is responsible for that, you know, scoring and segmentation? It's actually gone back and forth between whether marketing owns it or sales owns it. At the current moment, I think it actually sits with our head of sales development. He owns and curates that list. We kind of refresh our list on a semi-annual basis because obviously, you know, over the course of those six months, hopefully we've sold some of those accounts (laughs) and then we need new prospects, you know, to keep our sales team busy. But it really has always been a collaboration between the two, whether, you know, marketing owns revving the list, sales is 100% involved in that process or whether, you know, our head of sales development has owned the process of updating the list, marketing has absolutely been 100% involved and consulted. I love what you described around this way that sales marketing get together to discuss accounts. I do think that that is the hallmark of companies that do have that successful alignment. It's not just that sales and marketing meet with some frequency. I think it really does come down to that account alignment, which is, yeah, 80% of this list looks good, 20% is bad, and you're missing whatever this 10% of companies that we need to add on. I think that's absolutely the right way to do it. I would assume that's a pretty big list. Do you currently like tier those out into these are strategic accounts? These are, you know, whatever. I don't know what your tiering approach is. I'd love to hear about that. So we built a kind of calculator that took into account like each sales rep's quota, average close rates, average deal size, those sorts of things to come up with kind of, you know, how many accounts each sales rep really needs if they perform at standard to hit their quota every year. So we did that in aggregate to say, okay, you know, we've got this revenue goal this year. You know, we know our close rates are around, you know, I don't know, I think we're somewhere around 21%-ish. 
you know, here's what our average deal size is for, you know, and it's different for our mid-market team versus our enterprise team. And then roll that all up to say, okay, great. In order to keep our entire sales team whole, we need to have 4,785 accounts or whatever, you know, that roughly there. But anyways, and then we can go rep by rep. So our sales leaders can actually go rep by rep, put in each specific quota and have the calculator also spit out for each individual rep, then what's their share of that 4,875 accounts. So we start there. We obviously tier it differently mid-market versus enterprise. We also have strategic. But, you know, each one of our sales reps end up with somewhere between 100 to 200 accounts on their target account list. But nobody can focus on 200 accounts at a time, right? And so we developed this process called the AE Top 30. God, that was probably four or five years ago now. And so each sales rep is able to take of their target accounts, they're able to prioritize 30 accounts. And those then 30 accounts, marketing doubles down on, their SDR team focuses on for that quarter for all of their outbound activities. When sales and marketing work together on something like direct mail, it's focused on the AE top 30, you know, those sorts of things. So, you know, we have our target account list and then we boil it down to an extra focused target account list because we do move those accounts into pipeline twice as fast as the rest of the accounts on the target account list because everybody's focused on them. Everybody's doubled down on them. What are some of the plays that you've tried to run on the top 30 that haven't worked? Oh, we tried to over-engineer things, I think, up front where, you know, we were like, well, we've got the technology to do it. We can personalize, you know, our website and our advertising at every stage along the sales cycle, you know, so from Greenfield account to stage one pipeline opportunity to stage two to stage three, Right. And we were trying to get really, really granular with our messaging. And we found, you know, we just had diminishing returns on that. And a lot of companies struggle with that because they're like, just because we can segment eight ways from Sunday doesn't mean we should. Right. And so, you know, instead of focusing on every stage along the sales cycle from a marketing perspective, you know, there's greenfield accounts. And then once something goes into stage one of pipeline, we change our messaging And then at stage three, when we give somebody a proposal, we change our messaging again to be more ROI focused, right? We're not trying to sell them on products anymore. We're trying to sell them on ROI. So, you know, we kind of cut out a few of the interim steps. And then what we did see was that, you know, the responses and the impact we had went up. What are plays where you felt that marketing and sales were highly in lockstep and you reflect on this being you know, some of the proudest moments for you? Oh God, there's so many good stories. I mean, field marketing has always been somewhat account focused, but our field marketing team at Demandbase has really, really excelled in helping our sales team close business. So they're less of a pipeline generator for our sales team and more of a pipeline accelerator. And it's worked brilliantly at that because field marketing teams can be, really proactive in taking a look at the pipeline and understanding where there's enough business and enough momentum that it's time to run a field marketing event in a particular city. And we're so in lockstep with the sales team. You know, when we come to the sales team and say, you know, we've looked at your pipeline and so here's how we've decided what cities we're going to do different events in. And we're going to fly our CEO here and do a VIP dinner. And we're going to do an ABM workshop here because these accounts are largely like more top of funnel and you know, those sorts of things, you know, the sales team is like, wow, you know, my business, right. And that 
is what gets marketing and sales really working together well. I know you've done a lot on ABM. Now you're running customer experience. What does account-based customer experience mean to you? And how do you guys execute that? So, you know, your customer list is actually your original target account list, right? And most companies have kind of gotten their feet wet now with account-based marketing. But for a lot of companies, I said, hey, start with your customer list when it comes to account-based marketing, because you know a lot about those companies, right? You know when their contract comes due, you know some of their business challenges. And so having that personalized marketing approach to those companies is actually quite easy to do. But a lot of companies don't have that muscle of, you know, marketing to their customers. They think of their customers as advocates, right? And they're constantly asking them to for quotes and, you know, references to prospects and those sorts of things. But, you know, just as you wouldn't leave your new business reps to their own devices without marketing air cover, you really shouldn't do the same to your customer success team or your customer selling team at your company. And so I've always had a passion for that. I've always had a passion with our customers. And so moving over onto the customer experience team, we're doing the same types of things where we can provide the right kind of service based on kind of where they sit in different tiers. I think it's also worth for salespeople to explain what customer experience actually means because I think some salespeople may think of customer experience as being like user experience, which it's you know, not necessarily. So what is customer experience at Demandbase? How, how do you actually define that role-wise? It's an entire team that's responsible for the onboarding, you know, adoption and usage, and ultimately proving the ROI of the demand base investment to that customer over the course of the life cycle that they're with us. And so, you know, at the core of it is our customer success team, which everybody's familiar with. And, you know, there's the one-to-one relationship of one CSM to one company. You know, we also have our growth account director team. So our CSMs are paired with somebody on the sales side of the house to ensure, you know, our CSMs are responsible for making sure that, you know, the company is happy and healthy and onboarded and using the product and getting more and more out of it and getting more use cases. And then obviously the sales rep is there to help ensure the renewal first and foremost, and then any other upsell opportunities that arise based on, you know, the company's adoption of the product. That's kind of the customer success team, which is at the core of it. But then we have additional teams. We have our technical account management team that really helps with the onboarding and implementation of the product, making sure that all of the connectors are working, making sure any plugins are working, and so that the company can get up and running as quickly as possible after their demand-based purchase. And then last but not least, we have our customer education and strategy team. ABM is a beast. It's not easy to implement at most organizations. Like I said, there's a lot of muscle memory that needs to be retrained and those sorts of things. And so, you know, our ABM strategy really there to help a educate our CSMs on ABM so that they can be better partners to their customers, but also developing content that we can share with our customer base to help educate them on the principles of ABM so that, you know, when they come to us as customers, they understand ABM, they're operationalizing it at their company, and then our CSMs can help them connect the dots on how do they leverage their demand base investment to really make their ABM strategies thing. Relating this to sales, one thought I just had is a lot of salespeople, pundits tell them that they need to be experts that can advise their prospects and clients on strategy. How does that balance play out at demand base between your account executives and I think that role you called the ad campaign strategist, right? Because it sounds like there's 
they both can educate customers in that way. How do those two types of roles work together? Yeah, I think it's just level of expertise, right? So our sales reps are kind of the jack of all trades, right? They need to understand a little bit of ABM strategy so they can talk to their prospects in a meaningful way. They need to understand advertising and how it works and how it fits into an overall ABM strategy. There's a lot of people who, you know, early on in the early days were like, well, we're doing account-based advertising, so we're doing ABM, right? Well, <laughs> it's one component of a good ABM strategy, but it's definitely not the be all end all. But so our, our sales reps need to understand that as well. But, you know, then it's kind of level of specificity. Once they really get into the weeds with a company that wants to talk about their advertising strategy and how to optimize it and how to like leverage it throughout the customer life cycle, you know, then that's where our ACS team can really get in the weeds with our customers to really help them understand how to optimize those spends. Um, in the most impactful way. Our entire sales team and our entire customer experience team have all been ABM certified in both our foundations and our advanced certification. Even if they've never been in marketing, they all come to the conversation understanding the challenges of a marketer so that they can help them navigate, you know, and really achieve their goals. I love that you have the sort of strategist role within customer success. Was that a hard sell Or was it an obvious no-brainer sell? Those experts don't necessarily come cheap. No, they don't. But it's one thing to sell, sell a a media sale, you know, but as a company, you can't recognize the revenue until the ads have ever actually been delivered, right? And so, you know, when our CSMs are responsible for, you know, tens of customers and all of the comings and goings of those customers and, you know, their ABM strategy and they're managing their implementation and helping them with new use cases and being their support kind of main point of contact for support or troubleshooting. And they're all those things to their customers, you know, then being able to really sit down and strategize their ad campaigns with their customers is just yet another thing. It's a lot of work, you know, for them to do. And it's a very specialized skill getting to build that team because like I said, it helped with revenue recognition. You know, if you could wave a magic wand and change something that your sales team is doing to make you like more successful in your ABM and customer experience worlds, where would you wave that wand? You know, honestly, our sales team in the last year and a half has really put in the effort to be good partners across the company. I think you know, the big focus for this year is to sell renewable deals, right? You know, anybody can, you know, sell product, you know, if they're good and charming and those sorts of things. But the focus for this year is selling renewable deals. And, you know, that means walking away from some companies going, you know what, you guys don't have an ABM strategy or, you know, it's too volatile. You're too, you know, you're a smaller company and things are really volatile there you know, and having to walk away from some of those companies because they're just not going to be successful with ABM and with our product. That's a tough pill to swallow for most sales teams. Like, wait a second, I'm going to have to walk away from a a deal. We've really put in the rigor to make that a reality and which is really helping on the CX side that we're being delivered accounts that are set up for success, right? Now, we still have a lot of work to do to make sure we realize that vision for those customers, but they're coming to us 
kind of predisposed to succeed. If people do want to learn more about Demandbase, about you, what's the best way for them to connect? Demandbase.com, obviously, to understand about our company. And we have a lot of ABM resources out there. Like I said, we do have three levels of ABM certification that we've built. And then, you know, to find me, I'm just Jessica Fulis. I'm the only one out there on LinkedIn. So pretty easy to find me as well. And I'm always open to talking. Feel free to reach out anytime. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.